Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, by the time you're listening, Monday, July 19th, the official week of the NHL expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Exciting stuff coming up in a little bit. Uh, So last weekend, there was a, uh, well, uh, the roster freeze. We'll talk about that and all the moves leading up to that. I'm your host, Robin Leonio. Joining with me is Rose Ford and Carl Pavlik of 5 for howlingcom to help me discuss all the moves the Coyotes made over the weekends. And uh, there were quite a good one, guys. Yeah, definitely some unexpected things going on in the wake of, of having to get some work done before the expansion draft protect lists have to go in. Yeah, I I wasn't really sure what to expect. I thought it could be actually pretty quiet. Uh, turned out to be a lot busier than I think anyone in Coyotes land was expecting. And it's funny too because I think it all happened within that last half hour or so. Everyone like you know everyone thought that the first move the Coyotes made was probably going to be like might have been the only move, and I was like, wait. So is this the only thing we're getting? And then the rest of the NHL falls in and chaos ensues. Um, but for the Coyote side, though, I you know I I thought they made the the right moves for the kind of team that they need to be right now. Well, let's get right down to it. Is that um, we knew that they were going to have to do something with one of their goalies because they couldn't. Um, lose a goalie for nothing and they had to expose either Darcy Kemper or Aiden Hill so I was expecting a Kemper trade I was not expecting Aiden Hill to get traded yeah uh I, I was the same um I thought I, I did think that there was a chance that the Coyotes were going to expose Hill and just kind of leave him out there um especially when looking at um well the fact that uh, Carey Price is going to be exposed. I don't know if Hill is going to be gotten uh, or would have been taken, but it was it was a bit of a surprise to see him be traded uh, traded like that before, and it makes sense that the team wouldn't want to risk losing him for nothing. And the return of a second, just and uh, uh, yeah, that was a really good return. And I think that's why they ended up trading Aiden Hill. Um, anyways, because, you know, they probably went to, went to other teams and tested the market for both of them and said, Hey, uh, what would you take for Darcy Kemper? What would you take for Aiden Hill? And, you know, they tested out and apparently the San Jose Sharks bit on Aiden Hill for a second round in 2022. Um, I, I, I guess so. I mean, (laughs) I can't complain. That's a, that's a. That's a pretty good price for a uh, a fringe starter who's just barely breaking into the NHL. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw Craig Morgan's most recent neutral zone this morning on azcoyotesinsider.com, but according to his sources, the Coyotes had good information 
that Seattle definitely was going to take Hill if he was exposed and then flip him for assets. Oh. So Ooh. That, that added a, a layer of necessity of getting something done. Which is also really interesting that Seattle is making moves like that. Um, like, I th- it seems like Hill is more valuable as an asset than as a goaltender right now which is not what you would really think for goaltenders anytime i see someone like propose a trade for a goaltender it's always ridiculously high and i'm like no goalies don't fetch that much but that's really fascinating uh i haven't read that yet i'm definitely gonna have to read that neutral zone well i'm sure there's a lot of teams that were interested in in him as a backup because he is a solid nhl backup i'm not sure if he's quite starter ready but he he really came close this this past season so maybe some teams think he is i mean he started 10 consecutive games in the wake of kemper and Anta's injury and held his own to it as well and pr- probably one of the toughest gauntlets that they went through then and that's this past season so i'll give him that props yeah, he he definitely performed well in those ten straight starts. Uh, I, I'm working on an article about how the team utilized their goaltending um, this past year, and I don't think he should have gotten ten straight starts because I don't think any goalie should get ten straight starts like that. Um, but if you wanted a a way to showcase him for a trade market, there's really nothing bad better you could have done than last season where he was really good as a backup um when both goaltenders were hurt yeah and it's um and i think that's the huge part that probably helped his value seeing how he can perform in like a like iron man sort of way you know as he keeps going having to play that many games obviously i i highly doubt yeah I, yeah, I super highly doubt any team would even attempt that with with someone like him again, but you never know. Last season was definitely an interesting one in general, uh, especially for goalies. And with the Coyotes having two hurt goaltenders, it creates opportunities. Um, and at the time, I think everyone was in agreement that Hill took advantage of that opportunity that he was given. And now the Coyotes have taken advantage of a uh, opportunity that they were given with a with a probably unless he continues to be a starter, this is probably the most value that Hill is going to have as a player. Well, I mean, especially if we take a, take a look at it this way, it's a, a, a second round pick in next year's draft in 2022, which if anyone who's huge on prospects can take a look into it and. Well, t- and they will tell you that next year's draft is deep, incredibly deep, and the Sharks aren't a good team. So that second round pick would be a higher. It could be around, you know, a little bit more up there. Hey, you know, it's I, that's <laughs> that's pretty some pretty good value for uh, for Aiden Hill right there. Yeah, definitely. Um... I wonder kind of what the Sharks think that they're going to do with him. I don't know. Um, they, they could go any, any, any set of routes, but uh, maybe, it's, maybe that's something 
He is on their protected list. I mean, let's 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 be real here. <laughs> Seattle really want to take Martin Jones. <laughs> You're no. not going to get a lot of assets for Martin Jones. Exactly. Uh, yeah, probably not. Especially when there's other goalies available like Ben Bishop and Carey Price. Yeah. Oh my God. What is it with just these expansion teams getting phenomenal goaltending prospects? Uh, uh, I, I don't. That's the league rules, man. Yeah, I think they protect one goalie. That means good goalies are going to be available. Yeah, especially as the league seems to be moving more towards a, a tandem system where you can have like two really good goaltenders. Um, yeah, it it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I'm 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 really curious now. What is going to happen with the expansion draft in a way that it wasn't necessarily before? Like now that I have like actual players that they can take, I'm like, oh, this is this is fascinating. Um, when it's all speculation, that's just choice overload for me, and I'm like, oh, I, I can't go down this rabbit hole. But as things get clearer, it becomes more interesting for me. Absolutely. Um, but the uh, uh, first of all, before before I. Uh... Uh, we move on to the next topic. I do want to say that the oh, that this Aiden Hill trade, obviously this, it, the whole second round thing, wasn't wasn't the only one. Um, Arizona also sends over a seventh round in next year's draft, and uh, from San Jose they receive uh, goaltender Yaslav Kajanash, um, who was there, I think, starter for the Barracuda. I'd, I I have to, uh, and yeah, I, I, I saw him play a couple games in the Barracuda. He's okay. He's no Aiden Hill, but he's okay. Um, Looks like Plus he had... Disposable. Yeah. yeah, and then... And, 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 yeah, they just needed a move like that, yeah. Um, it was it was out of necessity rather than for actual transactional purposes. Like, But hey, it's okay. But that was yet again. But that wasn't the only move the Coyotes made. Uh, we'll, I'll go ahead and let you guys know what that is in just a sec. But first, did you know that uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the land? They have so many delicious flavors. One for everybody out there: coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, you name it. Um, but you know what my favorite favorite flavor is, and it's, it's actually my favorite. My favorite flavor is one of their specialty ones. Um, I think I had it a few months back. It was their churro puff flavor when they had it. Um, that was unrivaled. But right now, cookies and cream, also fantastic. You can go ahead and try those out at BuiltBar.com. They're absolutely healthy. They're low in sugar, high in protein, low in carbs, low in, you know, low in calories. All, all the good stuff you want out of a protein bar. And they again, they taste phenomenal. Taste more like a, really like a candy bar than a... Uh, than a protein bar. You can order today and get the uh, grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Belt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that awesome, guys? Go ahead and uh, go to BuiltBar.com and uh, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And back here on the Lockdown Coyotes podcast, Robin Leon, you're here with Rose Ford and Carl Pavlik of FiveForHowling.com. 
as we uh, continue to get to uh, wrap up some of the stuff that we were going through over the weekend. Uh, the Coyote is pretty active over the uh, over the last weekend ahead of the roster freeze, which is ahead of the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. The second move for Arizona was essentially just a move to acquire a crap ton of draft picks, uh, f- acquiring from the New York Islanders Andrew Ladd for a 2021 second round draft pick, a conditional 2022 second round draft pick, and a conditional uh, was it 2022 third round, I believe. Or 20, yeah. So I have seen conflicting reports that the 2022 second round pick is not conditional um and then it's a 2023 conditional third round pick which is uh, i don't know if it's been formally announced i saw that if lad plays a game in uh the 2022-23 season then that pick is there um yeah so, in just one uh, game <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i hope they just like dress him for like the the inaugural game and then he just retires uh plays like one shift and then yeah we get or a pick from New York. Him in, a, in the AHL too yeah but, but that yeah, game he has to um, play is in 20 in the 2022 the, the, season right yeah yeah the condition on the 2022 second rounder isn't really a condition. It's just they get the higher one of either the Isles pick or the Colorado pick that they already have. Sure. So we're definitely guaranteed a second rounder in 2022. We just don't know which one yet. Yeah. And uh, the New York Islanders get nothing. Uh, Which is an interest. We've never them. seen that before. We've never yeah. seen a no return. And I guess if we really want to get into like the you know the 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 minute details of it, the quote return for it is just that New York gets to unload Andrew Light's contract. Yeah, yeah, which I'm, they've already paid in sinus bonings out of sinus bonings for this year. What, which I can imagine, like, we've seen deals for future considerations, quote-unquote, which is in effect nothing. Um, I think there are very rare instances where, like, there's actual things that happen, but, like, it's definitely being labeled, like, nothing. is just a weird, like, caveat, um, which... I wonder if we're going to see more of those types of things. Like, if they're like, we're not even going to play the game. Everybody knew future considerations really meant nothing. (laughs) But now it's like official nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And and I did see like a lot of people being like, how could the league approve this? Or like pulling up the dictionary definition of what a trade means. It's like, eh, I don't think anyone really cares. Because uh, we all knew that we were, the teams have been sending nothing for years now. This is just a, a more blatant way. Plain and simple. It was a cap dump. The, the Islanders want to go after some big free agents. They already have some big contracts on their books, so they needed to free up some space. Getting rid of Lad was a day to, way to do it, and the picks were the price. Oh. 
And it is a hefty price, too. That is a lot of picks, a lot of fairly high picks, too. Um, and, I think, and, and, you, and, and I think that's the... Yeah, that, that was the condition for getting rid of Vlad, is, like, getting high picks, because that's, what, no, no, no 4.2, was it, $4.2 million, something like that? And it sounds like Vlad still wants to play. Um, every report I've seen is he's expecting to play next year, which um, I think he missed all of last season. Uh, he seems like he's towards the tail end of his career, but it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, he still has. Uh, it's, you know, best case scenario, this is like a renaissance period for him, and he's like, shows that he still has enough in the tank, and the Coyotes got a haul of picks. Where's the Coyotes get a haul of picks and they get to pay someone some money? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. His cap hit is 5.5, but his actual salary for this season is four million no one million because they paid out the three million dollar signing bonus already so so the coyotes will have to pay out a three million dollar signing bonus next season and his base salary will be one million again nice and i guess that's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) Assuming he's not on LTIR. Yeah. Because he's had some injury issues. Yeah. And I I think they're they're all great. Like it's just a really good stock of picks. Um the team seems to be heading towards a rebuild. I'd like to see us acquire some more first round picks. But if we can get a bunch of seconds, then hey, maybe we can get some hits. It's going to take a lot to acquire a first-round pick at this point just because, well, we're only a few days away from this first round, and then, well, uh, what kind of assets do we have to go for a first round if we really want to go into this? Uh, I mean... I mean... There are rumors that Phil Kessel's going to be traded, OEL's going to be traded, Darcy Kemper's going to be traded, Connor Garland's going to be traded. All of these rumors are out there. Who knows if anything's going to come of any of them, and we won't know until after the expansion draft. Because right now, the only team anybody can trade with is the Kraken. Which, I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe the Kraken want to get Phil Kessel. Uh, I don't know if, like, the of the players you listed, I think Connor Garland may be the only one who would get us a first-round pick. I, I don't think Kemper, Castle, well, or Oya would. I don't know, though, because Kemper might be in the middle of a bidding war between Toronto and Colorado. Sure. That'll be fun. They're both looking for a starting goalie. Yeah, and, and I mean honestly, I didn't expect the Hill would get a second. So yeah, maybe Kemper does get a first. Who knows? Maybe the market is just that right now. Could be. We'll have to find out. But here, here's here's the awesome thing. Um, just in general, like obviously, you know, it'd be nice to have a first, but. Six second round draft picks in the next two years. 
That's huge. That's big, especially with next year's draft. Yeah. Being so reportedly deep. If it was like, if, if that wasn't a deep draft, if it was like just six second round picks um, in like average or mediocre drafts, I, I'd be less excited. But when you hear deep drafts, um, and again, like a lot of the picks we can potentially hope are, are going to be fairly high. Let's hope that sharks do nothing next year like that would be great um that could definitely help help the team which is currently very short on prospects yeah the one thing i am sad about though now you mentioned that that just you know when you when you mentioned the sharks doing that things is the fact that the coyotes are going to be leaving a really bad division that they probably could have actually made probably made the playoffs in yeah i am so pissed about that hey, the I pacific think... division is just gonna suck i mean the only the... guaranteed person uh, team in the playoffs is vegas and based off what we these uh the the uh the list that came out on on uh sunday morning probably seattle <laughs> Potentially Seattle. It's going to be Vancouver and Edmonton to see who's going to fight for that third spot. Probably. And the, the, the fourth spot's going to be a wild card. It's just like whoever gets lucky. <laughs> but the team does get to hopefully beat up on St. Louis over and over again. Just get to relive uh, that series. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be amazing. It would yeah, be but... hilarious if the Coyotes develop a rivalry with the St. Louis Blues quicker than any other rivalry. Because I think, like, I don't really see much of a rivalry with uh, the California teams outside of L.A. And that's just because Phoenix, L.A. have a rivalry. It doesn't have too much to do with the Kings, although there's definitely a lot. Uh, um, hello. They have injured our players so often, and they were the ones who took us out of the Western Conference Finals. I would say they're our rival, if we're not theirs. <laughs> Even if we're not theirs. Yeah, but I remember that rivalry before, like the before the Klesla injury, before the finals. Like that was always like city rivalry first. Um, well, yeah, that's thanks to basketball and everything else. Yeah. Just a bunch of LA people existing in Phoenix, um, and uh, and I don't necessarily know how strong the the Phoenix Vegas rivalry is, um, mostly because there's such an unequal distribution of talent and success in Vegas's short time. You really need to have like teams that are somewhat equal standings at to develop a good rivalry in my opinion like there needs to be like an actual struggle there at some point i mean technically it's still a geographic rival because we're the two desert teams but yeah that's as far as you can go i mean dallas is also a desert team are they dallas in the desert i think no not really they are just east of the Chihuahua Desert, but they're not in the desert. They're in the southwest. It's not yeah. really the desert. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, 
Minnesota and Winnipeg were supposed to have a geographic rivalry, and I don't think that's ever really come to anything. Uh, at least from an outsider, I don't know how they feel about right, each other. Geographic rivalries aren't a thing. <laughs> we can pretend that they are all we want for marketing purposes, but they aren't really a thing. Yeah, I mean, Battle of Pennsylvania, Battle of California, Battle of Alberta. Right, all of those are marketing things. They're Bell, fun. Pennsylvania, I think, is just Pittsburgh and Philly hate each other. Uh, that's less of a geography thing. You could move them across like the country, and they would still hate each other. Also, Philadelphia also, just seems to hate hates everyone. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is true. They it. hate Santa Claus. They hate. They hate friendly robots. <laughs> they hate themselves. They hate the different cheesesteak place that you that you like. The one that that they clearly don't because it's too mainstream. If you know heard about it, they hate the way you order your cheesesteak. <laughs> Anyways, we're going too far on this. Uh, the last bit of uh, stuff we got to talk about on this episode is well, is just a little bit about the. Uh, Ex- about the protection list and and ex- slash exposure list we'll talk a little bit about that mainly talk about the surprises that we got out of it coming up but first just a reminder that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action with uh well let's just say there's the nba finals are still going on the suns are down three to two in the uh, in the series to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, but you can still make your bets on Bet Online over there, um, or you can go ahead and bet on the Diamondbacks if you're here in Arizona. That's let's be real, it's have more fun with the Suns. But anyways, Bet Online is the place to go if you want to place your bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As well, the uh, let's say the Suns try to hope for it to catch that Larry O'Brien trophy. Also, shout out to our sister podcast, Locked on Phoenix Suns. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up for an account today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 50% welcome bonus is yours. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Here to now to uh, discuss the last bit of uh, topics as we wrap up this Monday episode. It's now time to discuss. Well, the uh, Sunday morning we saw the uh, the protection list and exposure list officially get released, and Arizona Coyotes no true surprises. And I think um, to us it really came down to. Um, well, we kind of had a feeling of exactly which route the Coyotes were going to go. They were going to go the seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie. Our question that everyone was asking was who was the seventh forward going to be? Was it going to be Lawson Kraus, Christian Fisher, or Tyler Pitlick? And it seems that Kraus won the, uh, won the lottery on that one. Yeah, so the Coyotes protected Christian Dvorak, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Johan Larson, Nick Schmaltz, Kyle Capobianco, Jacob Chikrin, Oliver ekman Larson, Darcy Kemper, and, as Robin mentioned, Lawson Krauss. 
And and I wasn't too sure that they were going to go with that route. Um, I didn't even think about protecting Capobianco. Um, but that Final Four hit spot was definitely up in the air. Um, and I do understand the Coyotes' decision. I think they went with Kraus because he's a younger player. He's a big body. He does a lot of uh, stuff for the team. He's a uh, good penalty killer. Good penalty killer. I thought Tyler Pitlick had a good year last year, um, but you know he he spends a lot of it injured, so it was tough to have like a full evaluation. Uh, I I honestly thought that this was the best year that Christian Fisher has had um, since his uh, freshman year with the team, and that is uh, mostly because the was a low standard um, for him. I do not think he's been an especially great NHL player. I think he's found a good role as like a defensive forward penalty killer. And I thought he was much more defensively responsible um, last season. And I liked seeing him play a lot more for that reason. But that's not exactly a hard type of player to replace. Um, so I can I can understand why he was exposed. Yeah, and um, it's it's going to be interesting to see who Seattle eventually ends up taking because that means that, you know, Michael Bunting's available, Christian Fisher's available, John Hayden, Dryden Hunt, Tyler Pitlick, those guys are all available, Tyler Steenbergen's available, a whole bunch of others that, that have spent time down in Tucson and maybe uh, one or two games with the Coyotes like Hudson Fashing, those guys are available, Lane Peterson. So no idea who Seattle is going to choose, but I, I wouldn't have been shocked if they had protected Pitlick over Kraus, but I'm also not shocked that Fisher ended up getting exposed because I don't think he's been doing as well as Kraus. Yeah, I think I think we're all on the same page on this. Just the fact that um, that 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 Fisher got is the one that got left out. People were people. Some people were just like, oh yeah, I don't know, but. It's like you said. He 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 wasn't performing as well as as the others were, and was kind of falling off. And you know, yeah, I was completely fifty fifty on whether it was going to be Kraus or Billick. <laughs> yeah, which it, it's kind of interesting because we were so used to the team under Rick Tockett, and there's a new head coach now, so he could have very easily like upset it and be like, you know what, I think Fisher is the is the player to watch like i have a different opinion i'm going to be running the team differently and we need someone like him um and that's just because the coyotes are in a very interesting situation where i would say we still don't know too much about what bill armstrong player plan is we don't know what the new head coach's plan is it's it's definitely um there's a lot of questions he said in interviews bill armstrong wants the team to be bigger so, when we've already got Keller, Schmaltz, and Garland, who are smaller players, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they acquired some bigger players in free agency or through trades. Yeah. They definitely have a lot of room for some big defensemen. Uh, we can do that. And if you want to get bigger, you can't give up Lawson Kraus. He's your biggest guy. <laughs> And that's and that's that's that's, that's one of the keys to keeping him. So, and go ahead. 
sorry, I'm actually not surprised that Kyle Capobianco ended up on the protected list, probably because there have been rumors that he's going to be involved in that um, Anton Strawman trade that the Coyotes are working on. And this, of course, is all from Craig Morgan, because <laughs> that's okay. where I get all my information from. Craig Morgan <laughs> knows anything Coyotes before anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why he, he is the Coyotes the insider. List. He posted the protected list before anybody had the protected lists. <laughs> it is definitely interesting to see the amount of like, like the the asset management that Bill Armstrong is going through right now, and like protecting people for trades or trading uh, Hill because he knows that uh, Seattle is going to look to flip him, like. It, it, it definitely, I think there's been a lot of people who are upset about the lack of movement on stuff like a Garland extension. And like, what is he even doing other than, you know, he's got his new head coach now. Uh, I'm sure he has the protection list. What else is going on? It, it sounds like there's a lot that's going on. It's just like a lot of the, the yeah, it's the build up stuff like that, you know, is going to come into fruition like either next month or possibly, you know, later this month, but there's still a lot that needs to be done. Heck, we'll find out a lot just in this next, like, two weeks alone. I mean, like, we have the expansion draft on Wednesday. We have the entry draft on uh, on Friday. And free agencies just, like, next week. Like, we are yeah, in for a ride. The expansion draft roster freeze expires on the 22nd which is the day between the expansion draft and the entry draft so i would expect a lot of moves to go down on that day yeah as people are trying to make room for what they're or or grab more picks for their for their entry draft that'll definitely be fun make sure everyone on wednesday uh stays glued to twitter all day it's gonna be uh, yeah, that's how it was for me just on uh, on Saturday. Like, I, I, mean, I, was, I was actually just driving for DoorDash, and then all of a sudden I, f- I had to stop in the last hour leading up to the uh, the roster reason. I'm like, you know, I should probably pay attention here because there's probably going to be some stuff going down. Uh, I woke up from uh, a nap, uh, and then 10 minutes later, the hill trade happened and then there was the the freeze so i was like okay i need to get go to home depot get some wood for some shelves get some staining uh i get to the parking lot and i'm getting messages from james where it's like hey uh i got a post ready for the lad trade i'm like what what lad trade and so i'm just waiting in line to check out like being like editing this post and it's like okay oh god well that's a, a big return Cool. Uh, go live. Uh, welcome to the world of sports media. <laughs> it's 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 funny because like every time any reporter, like you know, this happened. You, know, you can say the case, of, like you know, for like Craig Morgan or any any sports reporter for that matter, goes on vacation or does something of stepping away from the computer on a big day from sports. Something's gonna happen. Oh yeah, it's gonna be something completely unexpected. 
uh, which is honestly like I was I was kind of I wasn't the saddest that the Coyotes didn't make the playoffs this year just because it was like well nothing's gonna happen during the playoffs other than hiring a new head coach um, nothing major is gonna happen because it so rarely does. And I needed a break, um, so I got to take that break while the playoffs were happening. Yeah. But now we, uh, we're in the waiting game now to find out how it happens in the next few days as we get ready for the expansion draft. Uh, quick uh, teaser for you guys for coming up in tomorrow's episode. I will be sitting down with Erica Yala of Locked On Kraken as we kind of talk about uh, the, you know, well, the Kraken expansion and uh, maybe talk about the uh, the exposed players and uh, who might be the most likely to be taken from the Arizona Coyotes. That will be coming up on tomorrow's episode. So be sure to stay tuned for that that's going to do it for today's episode thanks to rose and carl for joining us on today's episode of locked on coyotes hope you guys like what you heard if you did don't forget to leave a review if you are listening on apple podcasts or subscribe if you have yet to already we're also available everywhere you get your podcast not just apple on google spotify the odyssey app absolutely again absolutely everywhere uh, also, don't forget to interact with us on social media. I am at your one and at LO underscore Coyotes. You can interact with us, ask us a question, and we can interact with you back for a, uh, you know, maybe answer future questions on the, another episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. And Rose and Carl, why don't you go ahead and uh, let everyone know where they can find you guys as well. You can find me on Twitter at RoseColoredFact. I am at Carl Pavlock FFH and then follow at the word five, the number four, and the word howling for five for howling. You can go ahead and follow them for uh, for Coyotes uh, news and opinions as well. But once again, that is it for today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy cool if it's if it's hot if you're in the triple digit heat dry if you're like me in the monsoon and uh, don't forget to howl on <laughs> <laughs>